Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Managers today are just field phone calls, basically. I mean, agents. But, yeah, well, managers. Managers. I mean, it's not the idea of a manager who's going to manage things, who's going to be you where when you can't be there, or and, and and take you around, and and is is I mean, is that what it was like then? Because it's not like that anymore. I mean, they really were like, you're going to be a star, and they made it, they facilitated. Well, that's how management came into being. Right. It used to be an agent, and many famous people, you know, like Abe Burroughs, for example, right. he, had a, he had one agent at the William Morris Agency for right. 40 years. Right. Uh, Tennessee Williams had right. a, an agent who was devoted only to him. Right. A lot of movie stars had agents. But especially if you did many things, like I did a variety. I mean, right. I, I, I was you know a comedian. I was in right. movies, Broadway. Um, a manager. Nothing happened till I got a manager. Rodney was right. Right. So the extra fifteen percent I played the manager was worth it. Why right. the agency was objecting? They said, "Don't do anything till you right. talk to us." We might. It only helps them. They still right. get their ten percent. It's hmm. they're so proprietary. And then they yeah. offered me a five. A show exclusive deal on the Merv Griffin show. Wow! And then Charlie and and uh, and Jack Rollins sat me outside in his booth. Yeah. Uh, in the Improv and said, "Look, lad." Lad. <laughs> he used to say, "Jack Rollins sounded like this." Hello, lad. How I? Hello, Woody. A uh, 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 Let me ask you this. He talked like that. So he said, "Look, it's your decision, but I." If I were you, I would definitely postpone this um, uh, Merv Griffin thing. Let's wait for the Tonight Show. It's the biggest. We've already told them about right. you. Rudy Tejas was the producer. See, that's it. They don't York. do that. They don't do that anymore. Well, he did. He was one. not thoughtful. Jack was the greatest with comedians starting right. out or the placement of people. Like, um, Cavett was never a true stand-up, but he f- they found the perfect niche right, for him. Right, right, right. He was out there in Nebraska last week, right. by the way, too. And he's from Nebraska. And um, and also uh, Letterman. It was genius. Right. Because he f- he's a, a personality. But uh, it, it wasn't... Stand-up comedy at that time wasn't the feeding pool it is now. Oh, no way. Um, <laughs> I mean, you really had to want to be a stand-up comic. And now people have said, oh, I can do that. I can write 12 minutes about my life and then get a show. You know, it it, it wasn't, it, I mean, how did it develop? I mean, you. so you, you're doing this and then you really, you got the first HBO comedy special. 1975, baby. 75. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. at Haverford College. Well, you have two questions there. One yeah. is very interesting. It's now an entity. Right. You can now say... And also in that documentary, yeah, um, I go to uh, uh, college, Harper College up there in Binghamton. There's actually a stand-up club of of students interested in stand-up. Yes, I saw that, yes. People can now say, I want to be a stand-up comedian. I'm going to give that a try. Right. It was outlandish when I started. I I still Um, think it's outlandish. It's an odd I mean, I I started (laughs) on a dare when I was... I think I did just turned 19 or yeah what did you play or were you vocal I played piano and I played clarinet in the orchestra do you still play you know I do but I haven't st- like I did Shakespeare in the Park last summer and I played clarinet in that really yeah but I I I haven't played in years and I put, I picked it up the other day I'm like I fucking lo- I love this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's I miss this it, I miss it's therapy for you yeah, too yeah Um. so but when you you had like these managers and these agents, it's like now they go, 
to a comedy club to get actors and whatever. Mm. You know, then it was, what was it? It was, did people, you say the same people would come to the club three three times a week or something. How did it, like, did you saw the entire Well, first boom. of all, no one wrote their material. Right. I did, and Rodney did early on. You were the only ones that wrote your own material? Rodney's early material. Right. And but, when he went into aluminum siding, because his, his right. first wife wanted, let's quit the business, and blah, right. blah, blah. And he, he never wanted to do what he did. And even though he, and, and this is how smart Rodney was, you know, high school graduate, but street smarts. In three years, he had his own business with 50 salesmen and wow. all that. But he wrote material for Joan Rivers and for uh, for uh, Jackie Mason. Wow. And But uh, the but the heading young men's and the Jack Bennies and the Milton Burles, did, they didn't go to the improv, did they? No. To try stuff out? No. They just went to the Catskills. They right? all had writers. They would rehearse. They would, you know, but... but you know, let me. Rodney had jokes like, "I'll tell you, our streets are unsafe, our parks are unsafe, our schools are unsafe, but under our arms we have complete protection." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is worthy of Art Buckwald. I mean, that's right. that's you know, and I, right. and so um, it was after he he began the demand for his work when he, be, he developed finally got on the Tonight Show after right. a rough. How old was he when he got on the Tonight Show? He's 20 years older than I am. Exactly. Right. So. And you're 20 years older than I am. He would exactly. be 95. So you're 50. I'm 54. So, um. Four. Uh, I was. And I'm 20 years know. younger than you are. Shut the fuck up. Oh, what okay. was I? <laughs> what was I in 1966, 67, 68? The point is, he was on Merv Griffin before he was on The Tonight Show. Right. And he saw one of his jokes. So in he his was monologue. 44. Yeah, yeah. He wrote a letter, an angry letter to Carson, and Carson read it. On the air? On the air. Yeah, like humiliating. And he, no wonder they call you John. You know, I mean, Rodney right. was, it was amazing that they ever got on it. Right. And he became one of his biggest fans. You so, know. Um, so you, you None did. None of those old style comedians, first of all, they all went to West Coast. I don't know how they did their stuff. Borscht Belt or whatever. Yeah, uh, like, I, I, I feel like I need to get on stage several times a week uh, just to keep writing new material and keep the muscle up and and I love it and I love it I think I I personally need to do it to keep my head yeah. straight oh you're but a bitch when you don't get on stage shut up <laughs> but I don't it wasn't like that it was like you could go a month with that right and you just where you would just you know what I would do in those days, I didn't go a month. I was so busy that I could practice on the job. Right. I never had one after two or three years. I wasn't a regular at the Improv anymore. I in 1970, I bought a Mercedes oh. with a stick shift, a gorgeous sedan, sixty six hundred dollars new. Right. Parked it right in front of the Improv. Right. Tons of. Uh, cute waitresses, right, and right, right. People I would meet there. That hasn't changed. Yeah. Well, I never, I never had a bar. I never had right. a place. Uh, I never even was interested in drinking. I right. liked pot, but you couldn't yeah, go smoking too. pot there. Right. So I would have, uh, you know, a little cavassier before I went on or something like that. But it became my place. I knew everyone. There were interesting people there. Like, remember Nick Arnold? You remember who had cerebral palsy? He was a writer. Mm -mm. He was a brilliant kid. I mean, all right. kinds of interesting characters. And... Um, uh, so I waited for The Tonight Show, and then I did it January 68, and I did it about nine times in a period of 18 months. Wow, that's un that's unheard yeah, of. That well, Brenner that. did it a lot, too, and used to, shall we say, borrow material. I know he's dead, but... <laughs> Did you wait? First of all, where were you making money? Were you going on the road? Were they sending you, Rollins and Joffe, sending you on the road to make money left, to buy that Mercedes? I left the apple tree after seven months and went full time comedy until my uh, uh, new faces of '68 on Broadway. What did? Uh, what was the road like? I mean, there weren't a where? thousand million. Where yeah, where would you go? I played first the classiest clubs that existed. Um, the Mr. Kelly's in Chicago. I opened for Sarah Vaughan. Wow. <coughs> Most elegant what? club. God. I oh caught every God. one of my shows for two weeks. What was she what? like? It's the only time I ever did that. She oh. was very nice. She was quiet. And then her man came after a week. She would sit and drink and smoke at the bar afterwards. Huh. She was fantastic. Then I did The Hungry Eye in San Francisco. Oh, that Hungry the Eye. The Troubadour yeah. in L.A. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot. Uh, I've done The Troubadour. And they pay big yeah. money for these gigs. But good uh, enough to get the Mercedes. But that's where Phyllis Diller no, started. No, 500. I mean, I was unknown. I got 500 a week. 
uh, at the uh, Hungry Eye. I was That's the opening Philip, act yeah, of three. You know who was the closing act? Um, uh, uh, Lambert Hendricks and Ross. J- J- John Hendricks. Oh, My yeah. My analyst yeah. told me. Yeah. Oh, that oh, go. He oh. worked working alone, the jazz singer. <laughs> right. We didn't do much business. In fact, they asked Jack to let me out. They, they kind of canceled us after three weeks right. instead of four. Right. Um, but originally, really, you know, wonderful clubs. I never played the Playboy clubs. Um, in si- I, in yeah. 68, the Tonight Show's here? In yes, it was here. Yeah. For another year or so, it was still here. Nine in 18 months. Uh, yeah, it was How amazing. long were your sets? Like five, six? Yeah. You, you, uh, that's so much fucking and, and material. I'll tell you something that's, else. That's an hour. Talk about yeah. a, 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 an influential manager. Um, they were afraid. What I did, believe it or not, at the time was much different than what people were doing. Right. <clears throat> so uh, Jack was a bit worried that maybe it won't go over. So he said, you know what? He asked them, would they please sit, let me sit at the panel first for two right. minutes as a total unknown and then do my stand-up? I, I thought, said, that's mental. So then I sit down right. I and I get no laughs in a minute and a half. <laughs> and Johnny goes, I understand you're going to do some stand-up for us, uh, Robert. <laughs> and killed him on a substitute teacher bit. But uh, the quarterback gave me some good advice. If you know, This is different than having a half hour to yourself right, and all that. Right. That you must be well planned. You know, Rodney was amazing. He he had no discipline in his personal life. He abused himself with all kinds of goodies. He, um, you know, ate too much. He drank too much. Uh, too much of a lot of things. But when he had a Tonight Show, he started two, three months before. Right. To prepare it, he used to write the jokes. What he called his necklace, nineteen jokes approximately, on a shirt cardboard from the laundry. Oh, right, yeah. And he'd go uh, to the improv and try it out, try it out. Then when he opened his own club, yeah, danger he points. would use that just to try it out. After a while, a year or two, you could hardly even see him there. <laughs> he, yeah. He used to, uh, but he was very brave because his first wife, Joyce, who died many years ago, was incapable of taking care of uh, of children. She was... Melanie. Uh, uh, yeah. m- m- Melanie, who's... I love her. Going to be in my July 4th picnic. I love her. Oh, she's a good friend of mine. I'm glad she got invited to the July 4th picnic. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm going to be away. She's but having no, a ba- it's fine. She's it's having fine. a bad divorce. It's, it's, I know. Divorce. Terrible divorce. I'm sure she wanted us to talk about that. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Melanie. Bye. Yeah. Um, Melanie like and Brian. He fucking asshole. He, he was... <laughs> You, you don't know they have it. Let's not. No, but, I do. But, but, um, <laughs> um, he, he saw that he couldn't go on the road because right. she was an alcoholic and, and mental patient. Right. The night the club opened, she was on my arm. Bob, don't let me go. I mean, it was so sad. She was an like, right. institutional one. So he, he was very brave father, but he became a lousy father uh, like like his own parents as time went on. So that by the time he died and that... Ugh. Widow of his, forget it. I don't even want to get. All into right, it. depressing. Okay, yeah. so you get. Oh, Allie. Wait, I, I, to hop back a second because uh, she was as amazed as I always am about how much material you had ready when you started yeah. doing. I mean, Carson. That, that, that's so. Did, f- it's didn't a... you say that you had like six ready? About. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the stuff had to be <laughs> thirty minutes of shit. It had to be modified it. though, because would they go around with you? Like now, you know how they go around with you to the club for like two weeks and tell you, "Oh, take and out of that joke." Who? And Who would? Th- that's Amazing. what they do now for these for comics. You, oh, Eddie used to go around with you for two like to do yeah. Letterman. They would he would follow you around for two weeks. Amazing. You know that joke. Is, uh, uh, you know yeah. you should say four Don't instead say of. They would want to know in the pre-interview what you're doing, right? Um, they would want to know. They didn't micromanage it. They had plenty of money to pay for any music right. you were going to do. You knew what you could say and what you couldn't right. say. Although when Spiro Agnew had to resign and pleaded right. no low contendere, right? And I had a terrific routine about him. Right. Freddie DeCordova says, "You know, he could sue you. Uh, you, you, you probably shouldn't say that." He was a lawyer too, Freddie right. DeCordova, the producer of the Tonight Show. I said, come on, he pleaded no the contender. Right. And I, 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 I won one of the very few arguments I ever won. You know what you couldn't say, 
and uh, they just wanted to hear what the thing was in general. Everything was very tight ass, really, which is sort of an irony because right. then you know people like Judy Gold came along and oh sorry you're here uh, broke all those rules. Right. Um, you know there were three networks. Everything right. was different. It was so different. Somebody yeah. got the idea. His name was Harlan Kleiman. Uh, yeah. Uh, he just died, Harlan Kleiman. Uh, is there a ringing for dead Jews? Um, he uh, he had this idea. They had about yeah. four or five hundred thousand subscribers. It was called Home Box, Box Office. Office. <laughs> it was a little uh, a little part of uh, Time Life. Right. They had maybe thirty employees. They had uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, Manhattan, and Long Island. Right. He said, wouldn't it be something if you take a kid like Klein doing all these college concerts? He doesn't have to worry about language. He doesn't have to worry about length going on, blah, blah, blah. And it was a brilliant idea. And but it, that remind, what was the language like in the clubs in the 60s and 70s? I mean, what, did you really have question. to watch it? No. No. Um, you know, I, I think if you went... Enrico Banducci, who owned uh, the, the the Hungry Eye, yeah, I don't think he would have liked it if you had a lot of profanity in there. But well, what was Lenny? What was Lenny? Yeah. For? Well, they yeah, Lenny couldn't work. That's the <laughs> thing. Lenny was crucified almost literally. If you hear his stuff, it it's, makes so much sense. It's not really harmful. It's it's um, right. Right. not every routine was great, but he couldn't work. He had no champions. Marty Garbus was his lawyer. Uh, you know, uh, he was horrible. He couldn't come into the improv in due time. By the time I was there, no. he, he, was he was gone. Done. He died in '66. Oh, okay. My first trip to LA was '67. I oh, Rodney cursed, no doubt. Yeah, uh, yeah. People used curse words and were naughty. There was no Bud Friedman wouldn't have objected, but it wasn't to say. Also, people eating. You know, right, big, right, right, right. Big finger ribs there. Right, and they used to have this waitress. <laughs> who um, a big Zoftic girl, uh, some of the staff there wanted to be in show business, mm -hmm. and she would do the Aldonza the Horse song from Man of La Mantra. <laughs> she, she'd go into the toilet, put on a garter belt, and come out, and I would introduce you to the very lovely so-and-so. She'd right. put a foot up on the first row, born on a dung heap. <laughs> Look at this kitchen wretch, reeking with sweat. Check, please. Check, please. Check, please. So the ribs were underdone. Check, please. Get some more water over here. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're the first comedy. I mean, you're the fucking first. First comedy HBO special. HBO 19. Yes, go Before ahead. Before we get Leonard, there, Leonard. I have a, a question that's it's killing me. I watched this thing on 1973, this show called Midnight Special. Oh, yeah. On, on the way or on your honeymoon. Okay, just tell me how to pull that off. So, honey, we're going on our honeymoon. But stuff first, let me stop off and do time on this, this television. Uh, Allie's mother and I were married in Atlanta, where she lived. And the very next day, we flew out to L.A. I, ha I had a guest star role on um, Midnight Night Special. Special, Gladys Knight and the Pips were that oh week. Oh, my God! I <laughs> uh, love them! Well, you should have seen when they were being directed, there were some very confused Pips. Right. <laughs> she was a very generous relative. <laughs> if there was someone who didn't need yeah. Pips, it was Gladys Knight. The Pips. <laughs> It was a generous contribution. It was like Heinz, Heinz, and Dad. Dad was not necessary to Maurice and Gregory. Um, and the next day, we after the show, there's a picture on my wall. You know the picture of Great all of picture. us. Though? That's a real And um, I was madly in love with his mother and every reason to be. We get into this rented convertible, go out Sunset Boulevard from the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, by the way, am I... Honeymoon stay the night before. I met Terry Thomas, the English actor. Oh, I, I love that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, Do you realize some ridiculous executive in Hollywood wanted me to close the space in my teeth? <laughs> my God, I make a living. <laughs> we were in the pool together like two right. old men. So we drive out to Sunset Boulevard, make a right. We're going to take the slow road along the Pacific to San Francisco, the one they use in Chevy commercials. Right. And it's mm -hmm. so beautiful. I'm driving... I don't know, three miles on the Pacific Coast Highway, and a Porsche passes me with Richard Pryor in the shotgun. Right. And uh, uh, this accountant looking guy with gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> Slimin <Slayman> Feldstein. 
He's driving the Porsche. Right. So I hunk my horn. And he goes, oh, oh, oh. And he had the cutest thing he used oh. to do. Oh, oh, you know, like, uh, you can pull over, pull over. Right, right. So I hadn't seen him in a lot right. of time, you know. So he says, my house is right over there. I said, we're going on a honeymoon. She said, just stop for a little while. But I right. said, okay. My wife was thrilled. Uh, her, yeah. eye, her eyes go to the ceiling. She right. knows it's going to be delayed honeymoon. Right. And he had had a shooting accident. You know, somebody is shot in his kid. He, uh, nobody got hurt, but right. he, he took out a gun or something. You know, you know, he could he could be have a violent temper, right. I guess. Anyway, I go to his house, Cavassier, cocaine. That's how my uh, honeymoon started. <laughs> right. And uh, he was absolutely adorable and that thing, showing me around and everything. Right. So I always have... Uh, I, I, I always say he was, if not the best, among the very, very best I ever saw in person. He was right. amazing uh, talent. I didn't realize till later that he was helped on his material a lot by that guy. Paul who, Mooney. Paul Mooney. Right. Yeah. Who's not, is Paul doing well? Yeah. I know he just performed a couple weeks ago. I didn't ago. realize that until yeah. later, but it doesn't take anything away from his great talent right. and the beautiful show. Um, so okay. how did you meet That's your enough. wife? Oh, okay, sorry. Wait, sorry, go ahead. So Len, how'd you meet no, your how'd wife? How'd you meet your wife? Uh, Candide, right? In, in Candide. Uh, um, my old di- director from Second City, Sheldon Patinkin, um, yep. Mandy Patinkin's cousin. Right. Huh. Um, uh, he, he, he was doing a tremendous production of Leonard Bernstein's Candide and Voltaire's Candide right. uh, at the Los Angeles Civic Opera, and they had a national tour planned and all that. And he wanted to change one of the four leads, Sir Douglas Campbell, who was a knighted. Right. Uh, I replaced him. He was a Canadian actor. He decided that Dr. Pangloss should be a young man. Later on, they did that on Broadway that way with Louis Stadler. Oh. In other words, it's an old man. Right, you right, know, right. look at of you. Right. So I joined the company in Los Angeles, did a couple of performances there, and then we went to the Kennedy Center. And I saw this woman. She, gorgeous. She just, she beautiful. was beautiful, but she also had a beautiful voice, right. and she also could sing. I I prefer Bach and Handel and right. oratorios yes. to most opera. I mean, right. crazy about Puccini and and Mozart, but and she could sing Bach beautifully. Right. And she was just looked in my eyes. I looked in her eyes, and that was it. I was in love. Now, did Frida and Benjamin approve of the intermarriage? Yeah, they, there's not much they could do. I, I had already proven to be a a little different drummer. Right, right, you know? right, right. Um, You're a rebel. To me, I would have happily married a Jewish girl if that was right. who I was in love with. So, As long as she wasn't, like, religious. Right, because, right, right. And her father, his grandfather, <clears throat> Jack Boozer, her name was Boozer, he was a prominent citizen of Atlanta. He was the head of the philosophy and religion department at Emory University. Wow. Oh, wow. He was a Methodist minister from Alabama who went to war in World War II. He was a chaplain in an intelligence wow. outfit. Henry Kissinger was an 18-year-old soldier in his outfit. <gasps> no wow. way. And they were one of the first to reveal the concentration camps. Wow. And it changed his whole life. He right. became a Holocaust scholar. Wow. So they were happy to have a Jew boy in the family. <laughs> My parents loved Brenda. There was no problem that uh, way. I love her. You know, I mean, a, those pictures. She's well, where were you when I needed you for a nice threesome? Yeah. <laughs> Your son is here, God damn it. We're all, so, we're all grown up. So you, you, you hosted the third ever Saturday Night Live. Fifth. Fifth. I they said third. on the documentary, he, they say third, but it's oh, the fifth. Fuck. Billy Crystal Whatever. made a mistake by two. He yeah. said, I think he did the third. Uh, George Carlin did the first, and I know Rob Reiner did the fourth. I did Rob the Reiner. fifth. And what was the whole Maybe cult? Lily did the second or third. What was that like? I mean, I mean you're yeah. in the ground. Do you know like, that you're in the ground floor of something nervous. ridiculously no, huge? Absolutely not. Nobody thought it would be 41 years. In fact, I people were so nervous on that show. First of all, I knew the kids. The kids, Belushi, yeah. Aykroyd, Gilda, yeah. Jane Curtin. I, I had met, they, they had all come to see me at the O'Keefe Center in Toronto when I played this huge Toronto. theater. And I stayed up <laughs> all night with, that's where I met Marty Short. And he, he, he Marty was the entertainment in, in Nebraska this year. Um, we, we, we were incredible partying all night. Uh, uh, Belushi and Aykroyd lived on a shelf in, in an after hours bar. They had like a, a shelf for a bed. And um, anyway, 
I was going to be the host. I was already too far in show business to be one of the kids, you know. Right. So I'm a, and everyone was so nervous because it was live. No one had done live television. Right, and you've been doing live. Well, but nobody had done yeah, live yeah. television in that building since Howdy Doody in right, 1953. Right, right, right. Uh, right. So, I mean, the nervousness was so palpable that maybe on the second show of the series or third, there was gray screen on NBC for 40 seconds on network. That, right. that, I told Lauren after the experience, I said, you know what? Lorne Michaels. He used to hang around Jack's office, a little shy right. kid from Canada. Whop, whop, right. I said, you can't do this live, man. You've got to take this and make sure. <laughs> right. So I get that with Rulag. <laughs> Saturday Night Taped. Did they do a rehearsal like they do now? You know, they... Absolutely. And yeah. uh, uh, I mean, and then I, when I did it, I, sh I sh probably sh could have done it four or five times. I had a movie, always mm -hmm. something, you know. Then I think Jack Rollins had a beef with uh, or with Lauren, Lauren or, right? well, but I did it twice in '77. When I did, I did. I was the customer in the first cheeseburger. That's, that's, that's right. My yes, next question. you were. You were. Yeah, sorry, you're we in that. How they get through it. rehearsal was so funny. Yeah, okay, that's well, that's the question cheese I wanted to ask. Because what they discovered is, as he yelled it each time, the idiot that Billy played. Billy wasn't in the first right. season, no. you know. Probably has the best career of all of them, right? <laughs> yeah. He keeps on putting him on. It was just... And also, there's one that never saw the light of day with Gilda. Remember years ago, they used oh, to have a yogurt Sam. commercial. Is this the Sam Peckinpah one? No, no. Oh, oh no, no. I had, a, I had to smack her. And, oh, no, I was a leading man. And Belushi played Peckinpah. And I, uh -huh. he kept on saying, good, yeah, good, but... It. And he smacks her. <laughs> no, this was uh, the yogurt commercial. Right. Uh, Cynthia Fansov, you know, they, an old Russian woman with a babushka, has lived 102 years because she eats down in yogurt. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so yeah. we're rehearsing, and, and Gilda is, is, is can't find her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, yeah. when I crack up, you right. know, when I used to crack up on stage with Fred Willard, you know what right. he would say? You're easily amused, sir. Oh, right. my God, it made me laugh still. <laughs> but we couldn't get through rehearsal. And it was, it was they didn't use it, but I would say that... That's so fucking funny. Oh, that's my phone, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh that's your stupid car service that you decided how to come now, but you're not leaving. Sorry. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm having too good a time. Say, I told you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> next time you listen to me. Probably is a car service. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I know you're here. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you're such a Jew. I'm not here. That was literally for the listeners. He literally <laughs> said that. Phone. Swiped the phone on. Said, I'm not I'm not ready. I know you're here. And, and then hung up. Off. Okay. Okay. See, but it you was know, probably one of those fake calls anyway. The recorded ones. <laughs> yeah. Hello, this is Lorraine. This is yeah. Lorraine. Uh, yeah. Hello, what? Yeah. This is about your credit card. You know. Yeah. yeah. Go. You've been yeah. chosen to uh, for a hearing aid. No, they know how old you are. Yeah. By the way, you, you t talked about being on. You've done fair amount, fair amount of acting, and I've told Len, who's yes. been doing this for years, and Allie here, who's been doing it a short time. Yes. That any any comedian would be a sucker not to. Get some experience in acting. Maybe take a seat. He's going to be starting. He's he did have improvisation class for a couple of years. Uh, uh, I started I, taking acting in college, and then I continued and continued. You have to learn how to listen on stage. You'd be great to be a star of a idiosyncratic series. Uh, I love you. Uh, <laughs> I've been called. trying for fucking ever. Well, um, you've made a living. You raise kids and everything. So yes, that's, that's a tremendous very, accomplishment. Thank you, Robert. So, all right. So you're doing. So, would you say the seven? What would you say was the? Oh my God! I'm the, I'm a huge star. Like what year? Like when did you go? Oh my God! I'm a national treasure. Performing, sitting next to the president of the United States on Which the White one? House lawn, Carter. So and like we got a standing ovation. Seventy-six to uh, eighty. Yeah. We, well, the playing our song was a hit. Seventy-eight. With Lucy Arnaz. Oh, I love playing our song. So we did it. The Supreme Court was there. A lot of right. the Congress. My parents sat at the table. Oh my God! They must have been. And we had a standing ovation. All right, do Brenda. And Carter ran up on the stage yeah. to see what a standing ovation looked like. Can <laughs> I, I wait? What did Brenda and Frida oh. say? I mean, Bre Benjamin and Frida say. Oh, there's a picture of Brenda and me. She was so beautiful there. I was so handsome. We were beautiful. You couple. were really hot. 
Well, we, we were the, you know, it's in that documentary. Like Allie. Allie's good looking. By the oh. way, the documentary is called Robert Klein Still Can't Stop His Leg, and it's on Stars and the Stars app. Yeah, yep. it's so great. It's yeah. so great. Marshall Fine did a wonderful job. Okay. That was so, big. Uh, my first Broadway, uh, I mean, real starring role. Right. Uh, and they're playing a song which was a gigantic hit so that everybody in show business came. One time uh, after a matinee, um, uh, I always had visitors because I'm from New York, so everyone right. I ever knew came to say hello. All right, no one's here. I have to go and eat <laughs> at Sardi's with the right. gang, and I'll be back for the evening performance. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, Catherine Hepburn comes no! backstage wow. with what? a canvas thing slung over her like a, Benny, like a very old Bennington Right, sophomore. right, right. And she said, and she had never seen me before. I remind her of Bogey. I said, wow. you never saw me on The Tonight Show? I was on a lot. She said, oh, no, I go to sleep so early. And she loved it. Ginger Rogers. What Do you think Catherine uh, Hepburn was a lesbian? I don't know from what I... She could have gone both ways. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Most women can. <laughs> don't <up>. you think? <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think so. We yeah. avoid yeah. labels. Yeah. We don't like labels. Uh, no labels. More, women yeah. are more evolved. I'm cisgender. I'm cisgender. a human being. Women okay, is not wait, that big so, a deal. All right, Remanage who else? Them. Catherine Hepburn, right, right, who else? Um, well, Ginger Rogers, and then and oh. I had a little suite of two or three rooms. Right. And she's walking down the hall. I said, Miss Rogers. And she turns it. She was already, you know, like like hot, old, right, like right, a male right. 60 or whatever. And I said, Please, Miss Rogers, one more dance. And she comes dancing back and no swirls me oh around. Um, Robert Wagner and, and, uh, and Natalie uh, Wood. gorgeous Natalie Wood. Uh. Uh, endless. I mean, I, you know, everybody came back. And, How long and, was that run? Well, I think the whole thing ran three years. I stayed, well, we did it seven weeks in L.A. or so. I did it a year in, in L.A. I was nominated for a Tony. I didn't win, and I just was going crazy enough. Did you, you know? think you were going to win? No. It was Sweeney Todd, Len Carrier. Oh, yeah. Oh. They, oh, yeah. Len Carrier dead. So, um, he died? Didn't he? Oh, no. no he's not dead. No, he's, he's not, not dead. dead. He's not dead. Sorry, Len. Some, sorry, Leonard. He's occasionally seen at the Friars Club. Yes, yes, yes. Now, the Friars has changed a lot. Like, what was it like... Is it, I never was interested. I thought it was old-fashioned. So right. they told me, look, young people, Billy Murray, people are joining right. Billy Murray. That's and what they still it's say. It's a secret that, you know, we celebrities don't pay, you know, the dues. Right. <laughs> you heard um, it here first, folks. It's just not as really a show business club. I, I, you know, I'm not crazy about the roast to begin with. So look, right. who, look who they're roasting in the big hotel ballroom this year. The kid, what is that? Not what's his name? Who is it? Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey. Come on. It's like, come on, get comics doing comics yeah. or singers or yeah. you know. They don't know how to be current. They don't. It's it's, it's, bad. it's beyond ridiculous. I, okay. You know what I love about the Friars Club? The food. Yeah, <laughs> I go there the occasionally food. for lunch, occasionally yeah. for dinner. Robert, I would love Jew to food. meet you there. Jew food. Oh, hit the thing. I mean, those rolls. I thought you were telling me to shut up. Those rolls, or even the chow mein. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait, they have those olive roll. Uh, yep, those uh, rolls with yeah, olive. Yeah, And the then I took Susie Kurtz there. You know, I was in Sisters with right. her. Right. And I took her there a couple, a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's Jimmy Fallon. And I was booked on his show to do right. a show. I hadn't even ever met him. Right. And it, J- Jimmy Fallon's chicken chow mein. And it was that kind of Jewish chow mein from the mountains. Oh, yeah. That tastes like I thought you were going to tell the story about meeting him and partying all night, not the chow mein. The chow mein begins the story. Oh, sorry. And it ends with Susie and me. Sorry. Allie. All of his writers. Yeah. VP Allie. He gave them memberships and (laughs) bought them a party. And we partied till 2.30 in the morning. At the Friars in L.A.? Upstairs, no. L.A. is a different world. They're they're not even the same organization. Look, they have a gorgeous building. I know. They have a lot of people. A lot of uh, very unethical things going on. Well, I heard, you know, the FBI raided them and all that. (laughs) Yes, Allie, they raided them, and then there was a sexual harassment suit, which I can't imagine there being a sexual harassment suit. Yeah, I know that guy. He's of old Jews. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you should see the guy there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like, can you imagine some of the poor women, the underside, 
side yeah. of, of, uh, of Roger Ailes. Yeah. You'd like to, you know, like, it's uh, like uh, National Geographic, if you can imagine. What do you think of... I knew he was doing that, by the way, in the Douglas show, because uh, the first time I did Mike Douglas show, he had just been gone a few months as right. producer, and he was, you know, women regularly would give him... He was a real pig. He was. He was brilliant, but he was a yeah. pig. Yeah. And look at these Real hypocrites sitting there in the morning in the uh, outnumbered uh, McCain's daughter and everything, right. who, yeah, would have had the job without right. him, sitting there with their high heels and the skirt up yeah. to here. I remember one of them said, well, I don't want Hillary Clinton to win because Bill Clinton would be in the White House. And if I had a daughter, I certainly would. This is what their <laughs> boss know. and everyone at the right, office exactly. would Right, exactly. It's so, I can't, it's, all right. What do you, what do you think... I have feelings about this, but what do you think now? The state of comedy right now. Um, I mean, I'd say Connecticut. <laughs> That's the state. Really, I would go. Go ahead. What do you think of the state? Of I comedy? would say New Jersey. No, but I, I. It's we're now getting blamed. Uh, like you started with the feminist thing, and I have to say I agree with you. You know, I think being a feminist to me is being able to be a woman. And that's equal, and that's enough. Not being a woman who can talk like a guy—that to me—or being is not a man, being a man who right. who is a an ally to everyone—that's a feminist. The P. I just don't want to leave men out no, of it. No, but are it's important. true. Men are feminists. But I'm just—you know—it's uh, uh, so weird. Like, how did you treat female? Like, did you even think, oh, she's a woman? Well, she, Phyllis Diller. Or, or, I, got, yeah. I got asked millions of times throughout my career, less so now, obviously, right. but why aren't there more women in comedy? Right. <clears throat> well, it's very simple. Uh, with exceptions, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of an unwritten rule that it's not quite feminine. It isn't feminine. And all of the comedians, comedians were self-deprecating. Right. I just showed Ali a few vintage things from Culture, the the people that released my box set a long time right. ago. Tody Fields. Uh, I never seen I her before. I love Tody. I love her too. I her her granddaughter teaches a spinning class. Schlepping. Oh, get out! Yeah, I, I'm, that was the first time her I'd ever seen her. Granddaughter went to Juilliard. She teaches my spinning well, class. What was go. her main thing? What I want to go to your spinning class with you. No, it's not my. She teaches it. I'm I just saying go. I want to go to go, it with you. Go, 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 go. Okay. okay. Um, Date. <laughs> she was. She's a Jew. Tody, Tody. But what? she was kind of, you know, like really funny. No. Oh my God, she was fucking. Well, do, do you know about Pearl Williams or yes. uh, or the uh, Belbarth? Belbarth. Belbarth. Right. Francis Faye. Uh, Did you ever go see Francis Faye no. in, in Vegas? No. Oh, but she okay. liked that too. Like she was profane uh, Danny and, yeah. Kaye's uh, cousin. But she used oh, to. Oh, yeah. Really? I didn't know. Hello. That. She did a lot of musical yeah. theater. Yeah, yeah, and she would rip people apart. You well, know. What do these all these comedians have in common? Uh, Phyllis Diller. Uh, Joan, right. Tony Fields, all physically self-deprecating. Right, right, right. Uh, Sophie Tucker. Sophie Tucker. Mm -hmm. uh, years ago, Fanny Bryce. Mm -hmm. Cross-eyed, funny yeah. voices. Oh, Moms funny. Mabley. Yes, very. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. I did Woody, uh, Woody's, uh, Whoopi's uh, uh, documentary. documentary. And it made me research her. What an extraordinary what woman. A, how about yeah. how she hung out with the Kennedys and she was good friends well, with Jackie Excellent o businessman, gay woman. Right. Uh, well, we are the best. Saved yeah. her saved her money and yes. had a prosperous, uh, had a house. Yeah. And this, um, it's not so much true anymore. On, on the other hand, um, what's her name? The kid, Schumann. Uh, Schum yeah, uh, Amy uh, Schumer. Schumer. Um, which you know she's also doing it in a strange way she's cute enough but uh, you know it's still self-deprecating but um the whole feminist thing Ali's mother Brenda Boozer was uh, uh, formed a woman's group uh, uh, they called it consciousness raising right and they go each one's house once a month or maybe twice a month and I, I was very taken with it because um you know for example get ready for your bell in my neighborhood, my parents were not observant Jews, but <laughs> boys had a bar mitzvah. And my bar mitzvah cost $1,000 in 1955. Well, yeah. My father said it was, it was a wedding without a bride. Right. What did Rhoda have? A sweet 16 right, with 15 right. of her friends. Right. 
Today, even non-observant, the girls get a bat mitzvah. Right, right. And there are as many women doctors. Right. And when... You know, not what? necessarily Jewish. She's doctor she's, she's is doing ju- the bell to no her. doctor. Her bell. I mean, really. What are you yelling over there? There were bell. no women doctors. There were no women right. lawyers. I right. went to lawyer, Yale. Lawyer I went doctor. to Yale graduate school. There right. were no women. Right. Right. In the drama school, of right. course, and the music school, but not in the right. undergraduate school. The other. So things have changed, but I fear that they are kind of in hold. Um, some of the videos are disturbing to me. Um, at least these football leagues and all that right, right. Are, are realizing something that was held under. Right. All police departments are being tutored in domestic violence. Right, right, and let's right. face it, it happens more man on woman than right. it does. And um, we're, we're making progress, but there's still enough, there's no women in the government now. Do you know that 17 white men put together this health care? fucking health care And bill. the word woman doesn't appear right, in it. Not once, oh. not once. Yeah, so... We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go in racial relations, too. But women, young women now... I mean, do you think if Hillary Clinton was a man, she would have won? Yes. Probably. I think so. Yes. Oh, I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. First of all, there was a 35-year campaign of vile stuff about it. She's no worse than any of the male politicians. Her husband's a real schmuck. I mean, I am pissed at him. I really am. Yeah. You know, uh, um, I don't believe a word he says. Was I, he I am skillful? Him too. Po- po- right. Why did she suffer for his infidelity? Right. right. Look uh, at Huma oh, and. Uh, but also a lot yeah. of men. Yeah, Huma too. But he's yeah. beyond. I mean, <laughs> what do they yeah. want from the poor man? If only uh, Anthony Weiner had had a better name for satirists. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Penis, Anthony Schmuck. Do you? So now all this stuff now that's going on, as far as you know, like the Kathy Griffin thing and the. Uh, you know, the Stephen Colbert. I mean, it's ridiculous. Why yeah. are you picking on fucking comics? Well, they're hypocrites because right. who's the one that, I mean, little Katie Tour at uh, oh, MSNBC. I love, her. I love her. Those three women all came of age in this. They had to have security for them. Yes, because they, he was like, oh, The, the yes. press was under siege physically. Right. Uh, he's the one that says Second Amendment will take care right. of that. Look, Kathy Griffin, I don't even know her work. Right. And it was a stupid thing to do. Right. I don't approve of it. Uh, I didn't hear Colbert's joke, so it's a dirty joke about the president. It's, it was How many funny. dirty jokes did he make? Right, grabbing you know, the pussy. Suddenly, yeah, as, yeah. yes, yeah, right. Suddenly, yeah. on that uh, wasn't even a joke. Not even a joke. Yeah, that was a no, verb. that was real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and women came forth. I love that uh, older woman who was so dignified that he he kind of put his hand on her lap on a plane. Right. And then she didn't move or call the right. flight attendants. It was sort of like a, not a terribly <laughs> indicting uh, right. uh, thing. But anyway. How do you feel about the Bill Cosby uh, situation? Do you know I him? think it's a case of he said, she said, she said, she said, she said. Did I get to 60 yet? Oh, my Did God. I get to 60 if you don't yet? use that, are you going to use that? It's already been stolen. Oh, my. I used it. God. I was doing it Daily for months. News. The Daily News covers took it for me. Do you, do you, in the old days when people used to steal a lot, did you call each other up and go, you fucking asshole? It hurt my me to see stealing. It happened a lot to Rodney. And uh, Phil Forster, who was interesting, your audience might better know him as uh, Laverne and Shirley's father. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rodney great. respected him a lot because, for one thing, he wrote his own material. He was a very funny comedian. He said, what are you going to do? You just you back up. You, you write more. It's like them stealing your kids. The funny story with Rodney. Gabe Kaplan was a notorious uh, um, uh, 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 joke stealer. Really? Yeah, and he, he and oh. he and he steals in Vegas. They don't let him play. He in was Vegas. still like Vegas. like he was well, young, he, our age, but he was still like a bush the card. They don't let him joke in. stealing yes. guy. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Rodney heard one of his jokes from him. He said, "Hey, I'll tell you. Let's stop doing my jokes, okay? You do your own jokes, all right? Okay, Rodney, all right. That was great. Wow. So he sees him a month later at the improv. He's doing his joke, one of his jokes again. Can you imagine Rodney's in the right. room. He's doing. And he goes, so Rodney decides to pretend that he's crazy and out of control to really scare him. He goes, right. I'll tell you, man, I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. Okay, Rodney, I won't do it, you know. A couple of months later, he sees him, does one of his jokes again. 
Wow. Maybe the same joke. Right. She goes, didn't I tell you not to do my joke? He said, oh, you still don't want me to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. I, there was a guy doing cruises in Florida who was doing the colonoscopy oh, yeah. song. No. And selling yes. cassettes he sold, of he it. He stole your lying. No, no. The song? That's so Robert Klein. I wrote that song with Bob Stein. It was nominated for a primetime Emmy, yeah. award, Emmy Award. And he not only was selling c- CDs with it on it, claiming he wrote it to. Um, wow. Uh, you know what? We don't have any protection. We cannot protect it. Yeah. I always said uh, 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 Charles Dickens could protect his material better in 1853 right. in London <laughs> than a stand-up comedian wow. now. So Yeah. I mean, I did a... I, I, one of my first jokes I ever wrote was... Uh, you know how I had a terrible Passover. I wasn't allowed to attend the Seder. I had a yeast infection, and they didn't let me go. Right? Okay, it's one of my first jokes. You were too loving. I go to do. I don't know. I'm going to do uh, the Concord, and uh, someone says, "Oh, there was a comedian last week who did uh, that same." And I was like, "I fuck. That's one of my first fucking jokes. Like, no." Yeah. So, um, you know, I did a narration Pass for a, over. a wonderful ahead. little uh, 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 documentary called When Comedy Went to School, about right. the Bush Belt. Mm. And uh, in it, uh, Grossinger's niece says, oh, I used to tell one of the comedians, they'd give me a couple of bucks to tell what jokes they did, uh, the other uh, ones did. Uh, no way. Um, yeah, Allie... Uh, Allie, Alexander, Allie Klein, Alexander Klein. Who's doing his July 1st show yes. at the... Uh, <gasps> At the uh, Metropolitan Room. room. You're so proud. You're such a proud... How was he as a father? Amazing father. Yeah, I can see that. You're such a You made him laugh, Judy, when you said, Boss, I can't come to work. It's Chuck Day. Oh, yeah, Well, That that was my intro. Right. I I don't remember where... I was a little kid, and we met somewhere, and I saw you perform, and I've loved you ever since. Oh, Ali, I love you. Ever since. So, what do you... uh, We, unfortunately... No, you said we had till four okay. in this room. Uh, they have to come set up. To fuck them. I have Robert Klein here. Robert <laughs> Klein. Who else has brought Robert Klein in this building, you All motherfuckers? All I care about is that my car can take me home. Uh, oh, God, you're <laughs> such you know a Jew. You're great at this. What? You are great oh, at this. Oh, thank Robert. This should be a bigger deal. I know. I wish. Agreed. Thank should you. Be a, you should be, Leonard, do you agree? You, I, you know I agree. Now, That's Robert, why I come. you know you have a little bit of a reputation as curmudgeony. <laughs> I do? Yeah. No. But I get it because you're a Jew. I don't hang out. I, I, no, I, I, I never participated much. I... I I, I'm a bit of a loner, I guess. I have lots of friends, but yeah, everyone w- loves you. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think that you need. And it said it in the documentary. And let me just quote what it was in the uh, in the post. Where like we had we for the movie, you were talking about this. We had to pick the best archival material we could find to match their praise. Klein says, seeing Seinfeld and others say these things were a little bit like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Hearing my own eulogy and then having to live it, it's a unique experience. Mm. But you need to know, and I think Judy and I, that we were talking about this, like how much comics, even today, oh my God, we Worship. just adore you. Like it's, you, we're your lineage in some ways, like comedically, we're your grandchildren. Well, yeah, you, know, you like, extend this till 4.30? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's extremely important to us that you know how much we love you. You know yeah, what I mean? You know, like I'm when glad you, someone was listening because, you know, I... I, I when when I mean, you're on a albums, show, they're like, I mean, I'm not because I know you. Um, and Every I, year we do the Madeline Kahn ovarian cancer. Yes. Benefit. But, but I, when I was in college, my college roommate uh, who gave me some questions to ask you? But he he had all these comedy albums, and yours was you know what we played. Woody did a fall asleep too. We played, and we would play these over and over. And I can't. I, you were on all the time, and I we would walk around going Mr. and Mrs. Capicella, you know, like we would we would walk around doing that bit. He invited Rodney and me to, to his booth at Aqueduct. Good, e- good afternoon, racing fans. This is Fred Campicella. The track is fast, the day is clear, and I talk funny. 
Timberland on the outside, rickshaw second. Willamita's baby third, clap, clap, fourth. And I'm saying the outside fifth. The clubhouse turned first time. And he's such a nice, unaffected man. He goes home at night. He's the same as usual. Good evening, Mary Capuscella. How do you do, Billy Joe? And Tommy Cabrera. Here comes Mother with the dinner. I want the fruit cocktail first. Split pea soup second. Roast beef third. Mashed potatoes fourth. And the coffee in the outside <laughs> Scratch spinach. Scratch spinach was Rodney's addition. So he invited us to his, so uh, great. To his room. Thank his you. room. Um, yeah, you know what? The, the, it was funny in the documentary, which I love. They speak all in the past tense because that's the way they were questioned. <laughs> right, right. What do you remember? And, 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 and Seinfeld says he was so potent and he was and what? And of course, I'm still working. That's we show right. that in the I thing. Know. But it was delightful to me. But it's like Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer hearing my own eulogy and I'll go with it <laughs> but I'll tell you what you, there were a couple of bits that I watched it when in the documentary and there's one when you do the bit you, this is, has to be new because it's the clock when you're crossing the street and the timer's yeah, ticking down let me tell you something that is and I'll you know we do a lot of comedy in yeah. the clubs and that is as good as anything that's written today I mean you oh, could please. you could it's walk also- into the comedy cellar and do that bit and be totally relevant. I mean, it's, yeah, you are you're so relevant. That bit is really physical too. Yeah, it, it's accompanied by he's got these. He's got that long stride, stride. almost like he's Do you realize? Yeah, I mean, it's Klein, fantastic. Yeah. I always wrote about what's now when I right. uh, wrote about dating and, and my, first I wrote about substitute teaching. I wrote about my childhood, my parents. Right. When uh, I got married, I wrote about that. When Brenda got pregnant, I mean, I went, Allie was born. I was forty-one, and right. Brenda was six years younger. I wrote about that. Hey, there are other people waiting, buddy, on the breast right. and all kinds uh-huh. of stuff. Yep. And Lamaze and everything. And then as I got older, what did I write about? Of course, colonoscopies right, and right. all that kind That's of stuff. A look, I'm writing so it was about always, it was, you know, you, you write what you know. That's why, I mean, uh, certain stuff, even though he's a good comedian, Louis C.K., others, right. it's generational. A lot right. of it doesn't come through to me necessarily. By the way, I think he's a hell of a director yes, and actor absolutely. and writer, you know, for sure. And, um, you know, I, it's, I don't mind as long as, uh, except for Genia Belafonte, she's an excellent writer for the Times. And for some strange, yes, yes, perverse yes. reason, they sent, they had her review oh. my sixth or seventh HBO special, uh, The Amorous Busboy of Decatur Avenue, right. which was the name of my book. Yep. And she said, this sometimes brilliant, sometimes awful she said, I was I was um, significantly left out of the aristocrats, which isn't true. I told the, the magician and, right. uh, and, right. and Paul, when you get time, I'll do it too. I knew the right. joke. I didn't mind. You know, and they never got to me. So who cares? I was a safe comedian. Are you kidding? The who troubles the fuck I is she? Don't it? You. That's don't, the only one that I, I really bothers me. Do not review comedy. Yeah. Do not review. Right. She never it. did it's, again. It's a sense of humor. And then, that's like reviewing. It's a sense, like the t- sense of taste. Yeah. There are people that have a good eye for it, but it wasn't Whatever. her field. She didn't know me. Then don't. And yeah. she didn't even stay to the end. I think we had a terrific Latin dance number. Oh. But the thing was, maybe a year later. There was a credo printed in the paper, like Citizen Kane. We will send expert people in their field to review in this right. and this and that was also within a few months of the New York Times in a cover story on the front page, stealing one of my lines oh. about the opening of the squirrel hunting season in Louisiana. Oh. Some people think squirrels are those. Others think they were wrapped with good right. public relations, which is one oh. of my best lines. <laughs> That's great. Robert, we ask uh, everyone on the podcast yes. two questions. Oh, did you have something to say? I had one more. Go ahead, Leonard. Can I Go ahead, Leonard. He has a nice voice, Leonard. Isn't he great? You. It sounds great in this mic. Talks it's not much. Yeah. Yeah. I love Leonard. <laughs> It's hard to get it in with Judy. I don't know if you know. How about me? Shut up. I'm good. (laughs) I'm the only one. I talk more than she did here. Okay. So now after all this time in show business, okay, you you career soup to nuts with the documentary and this whole thing. You got to do it all again from the beginning. Everything the same? Excellent question. Leonard, Thank you. Maybe I will only... give you the worst blowjob yeah. you ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like a threat. I, uh, I probably the only thing I would have left myself, I would have probably pursued the film career a little more. I, I've been in over forty features. Yeah, but I did four pictures from sixty nine to seventy one. Good parts. 
Howlin' the Pussycat. A few right. Oh, yes. But yes. I also yeah. never moved to the West Coast. I wasn't in on the action. Yeah. I didn't network. Maybe that's the only thing. Same. I have some better film roles, more of them, a little more acting. I don't want to. I did six Broadway shows. I, I really don't want to show up eight times a week anymore. Right. So I, I don't think I would change much, honestly. I, I have no regrets. I'll tell you uh, my attitude when I, uh, early on, I was offered one of the leads in the series MASH. Oh, oh that's Wayne Rogers role. Wow. Wow. Now, that's, I had, that, like that every other young actor, yeah. I was I was in California for a while. Uh, I was staying there for something, and I went up to see uh, 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 the director about the movie MASH, Altman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Right. Ali asked to see it. Right. And I said, I don't want to do a sitcom based on, you know, yeah. that. And and and, uh, uh, and it turned out to be a great series, but I just didn't want to. I was hot as a comedian, and I right. have no regrets about it. Uh, I was supposed to be Robin Hood and When Days Were Rotten. Right. <laughs> Dick Gaudier did it. I said to Norman Steinberg, I know that Mel was uh, it's for kids. It wasn't funny. Right. Um, if a, a feature like Richard Lewis did that Robin Hood thing was hilarious. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next question? And the next uh, question is, what is next? If I give you any project, showbiz calls and goes, Robert, we'll give you anything you want. We'll give you the money yeah, you what want. Would you do? Movie, film. What do you want to do? I would do a nice part in a movie. I, there was some deal I was supposed to do a, a film in Toronto, and the, the money is from the Canadian Film Board. They're waiting, whatever. It's a really good part. Um, another Sharknado. Wouldn't you do uh, another Sharknado? You know why I did Sharknado? Because you're a brilliant. Yeah. No, yeah. Trump was supposed to do it. Ah. Trump had promised in the Sharknado too, the one they did in New York, that he would do the cameo as the mayor of New York. And yeah. that's five I mean, days before. He dropped out. He canceled out. So he called there you me. Go. So it's a flip flopper. This guy. Oh, he's such an Are asshole. you still alive? Are you still alive? Did they eat no, you they yet? killed me in uh, the three. Yeah. In three. Yeah. You, what, wouldn't you do a nice uh, TV like series another... with Judith Gold? <laughs> if we did it here. Yes. I'm, I'm not moving. Are I, you fucking I work crazy? with Deborah Messing a couple of years. I know that's right. I love that her. That was so much fun. Right. Went across the bridge. Right. Went across the love bridge. Her. The, it was the called Mysteries, uh, of, Laura. mysteries of Laura. She's great. All right. So here's the two questions this we asked. kid's ask. an acrobat. <laughs> I know. Um, Go ahead, Judy. Wrap it up. No. I'm saying ask the two questions. I'm what? done. No, you just said Wherefore wrap it up is like it's not from all kill me now with Judy Gold. <laughs> it is Judy Gold. That's Lenny what Marcus I mean. I'm right. sorry. I okay, number up. one, we ask our everyone the same questions. Uh, one, uh, are you or have you ever been on any antidepressants? I've yes. Been, oh. Yes. I, oh. Loud and proud. I take them Loud now. and proud. I what take do you a take? very minimal dosage of uh, the generic Prozac. Oh, I do the Paxil, the Wellbutrin. I'm on Selexa. Really? Yeah. I get the Zoloft. Ooh. Leonard? Nothing. You know this. And then... (laughs) Lenny likes to go for a run. Yeah. I go for a run. I do that, too. I work out... I don't know. And what pisses you off the most? What in life makes you fucking crazy? Pissed off. Um, The um, narcissistic behavior syndrome which people like the president have, and right. I know other people, that is um, people who are so involved with themselves right. that they don't understand that they're uh, insensitive and sometimes cruel right. and all that. Abusive. And also history. I'm a history person, I, uh, a student of history, particularly right. World War One, World War Two. People do not know history, and therefore... That is true. Yeah, I mean... The average American doesn't even know that's a triad government. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. How it works. Checks and balances. Uh, civics is no longer taught. Uh, living in this country is a privilege. Yes. Look at, look at the whole world, how, how, yes. how so many people are in trouble. And a, a, a mere responsibility like voting and right. caring about what's happening. Uh, Leonard. Yes, why don't you tell? Why don't you tell Mr. Klein? I've screamed at him. He well, has never, never voted. Never voted. And the he reason for that voted. is... It doesn't. It the I, vote in yeah. New York for president of the United States does not matter. That it is true. That that is a very good advertisement but for. N- I'm so <laughs> mad about this particular one. You know, whatever I have to do on right, a low, but you, low so level. Many other on a lower people level. You vote for. Yes, but local elections are, if not just as important, even more important. Yes. Um, exactly. Yes, it's true. The electoral college is silly. So you know, the the, the Democrats win New York and California. 
But the point is to participate. You see these people in these countries who have never voted before. Yeah. When they go out, 90% of them vote. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a, a nice lesson from our government at this point yeah. in time. Yeah, so. fucking idiot. I'm getting in. I'd hey. also like to go into a ring yep. with Kim Jong-un. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I feel... I give you 50-50 odds on yeah. that. Reminds me of Rodney. I'll tell yeah. you, even the places I came from, you know, Red Hook, <laughs> even the names were tough. Red Hook, Kanasi, you know? I'll tell you, I'm far from a fighter, but somehow I feel like I could beat up someone from Pleasantville. <laughs> I got a new thought after the show. Hey, Pleasantville! <laughs> I was at the farmer's market there Saturday. Oh, very good. Got him into the I farmer's market. I got some fresh eggs. All right, out. Patrick. What are you saying? His car is back. Okay, your car's back. Okay. Um, I, first of all, I cannot thank you enough. Second of all, I could talk to you for another ten hours. You're you're fascinating. You're good. You're but you're so interesting and you're so smart and you have. I mean, you're just the fucking greatest. Thank you. If I could say one thing about how, because I'm real proud, you know, I'm incredibly proud of his career. It's so obvious. it's, It's amazing. But he was never afraid to be smart. Right. Ever. And I see so much I see so many talented I mean, all I do is see comedy and do I mean right. so Which is I'm, why I can't fill an arena. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you can say that. You, you know, can fill my arena. At the expense of whatever uh, that would be. Um but he was never afraid to kinda to be who, right. who he is. And uh, I see so many people that are. So agreed. I, it's amazing. I, I feel that he lifts his audiences up oh, to that, his own yes. I agree. Uh, he, you give the audience the benefit of the doubt. You make them smarter. You make them come up to your level, uh, and that's that's really Thank great. You. No, you really. It's, I it's rare. I mean, it's rare. I you can't don't believe see my mother's often. dead, no, and don't. I can't call her and tell her you were on my. Oh my god! Uh, I, you know. I remember your stuff about your yeah. mother because I wrote about my parents too, and yeah. your, your stuff about your parents and your mother particularly. Yeah. Your father died when you were younger. Twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When you were 27. Yeah. But you, you didn't talk about him as much. I had one joke uh, uh, that was uh, every time I... <laughs> every time I... My father's exactly like uh, Ed McMahon. Every time I call on the phone and he... Every time I call and he answers the phone, uh, he's like, oh, how are you? And I'm like, oh, everything's all right. I just... I need some money, you know, and I don't feel well. I'm hungry. <laughs> Here's money! <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, but that uh, was my that, yeah. You ought to end on that big laugh. Yeah, that. thank you. Well, ladies, I I I love who, you. Who, where, where does this can be heard? Where, where this where, is where? on Play Dot Shit on CBS iTunes, Play Dot Shit on iTunes. JudyGold.com dot Judy podcast. Gold. Right. Um, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, I Allie, thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you so much for come, letting uh, me come. Uh, please, uh, Robert. Uh, any I'm. Can I do a follow-up? And you did a good job as a parent. He did. He's a great kid. Yeah. He worked for Bobby Kennedy's Waterkeeper for eight years. There you go. Wow. He put in a lot of work and a pretty futile effort. Yeah. Nice. But he decided to do this, and I'm all for it. And cool. you're the I best. Think he's talented. I love. Why would you? anyone want to follow in his footsteps? I know. Warrant, warrant, warrant. Warrant, warrant. Anyway. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. So long. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 